that has too much context-dependent data imbued within it. This is more like darkness, but darkness without any concepts attached. Just darkness. or even the verb lie or the noun darkness, you are nonetheless lying there in the darkness and it has been days and it is much more than you can take. That is not strictly speaking true, not really. That would assume agency when in fact you have none, but it is about out at the extremity of what is takeable for anyone. And unfortunately, you cannot even cry though you certainly would if you could, but you do not even have the capacity nor the wherewithal. There is some objective truth floating loose out there that is only flickeringly glanced and wholly unknowable right this second as you lie here. It has actually been a few weeks, but you have no way of comprehending this. Your brain is not even in the ballpark of being wired like that yet but it is ever so slightly starting to be. Starting to cortically remap itself despite anything on what could functionally be called your behalf. It was starting to change and morph all on its own into something you could use all on your own. The neural pathways, the synapses, the very cells themselves becoming yours. Whatever the opposite of slippage is, Small, wave-like improvements wash in and then out and then in and then back out again, ebbing and flowing. You are the churning sand somersaulting above the solid at the edge where land meets liquid. Things nearing thoughts are only just starting to percolate up now from somewhere epistemologically deep and dark. Though that very phrase is to hypothesize that there is some place or some emotion or some psychic space that is below or above or adjacent to the darkness that you find yourself in. However, to separate them apart as two distinct entities would be nonsensical and impossible. You are a brain in a vat, but the vat is a human body.
though it is better than before because you are receiving these percolations of near-thought-like things, it feels broken and incomplete. We're not thinking in words, really, but actual English is in there and starting to be unlocked. Buried under layers of sensation wrapped like a tight ball. Sometimes words buzz around like a bee at a flower, clumsily poking in and out and then vacating, but you don't have the foggiest as to what these words mean or even really what they sound like. They are just words in the way that objects are just objects before you know their use. Illusionless and blank. Like hearing a foreign language. There is no cyclopedic source for anything to refer back to now. It is just rhymed with nothing below. It is text with no con. There is almost a sense of buoyancy, or ethereality, though without the notion of space grafted onto it. There is no connotation or association. Space does not hold anything cosmic or vacuous to you. Your parietal cortex does not even flicker minutely when processing this notion. The one thing this is, is terrifying though not in any way you have ever felt before. The first few weeks were like being unconscious, though you were not. You were in there somewhere phrenically deep, but what is slowly ripening into your brain was not connected in any functional way at the time, i.e. you had no real thoughts or feelings or perceptions or emotions. Only now is all that cognitive equipment blinking online slowly like a whole factory that was shut down and is now being turned on one switch at a time. You can almost hear it happening.
there is something like a dappled sphere of sound that hangs somewhere inside of you. Perhaps you are inside of it, but it was previously understood only corporately. Which is to say, it was less of a separate impression of sound that you were hearing, and more of a total sensorial bath where sound itself could not be pulled apart from any other sensation that was impinging upon your nerve endings. But that pushes out now as a separate sensation to be understood all on its own. It pushes out from within like hand against cloth. It stretches and striates and expands and separates out as something apart from the whole. It becomes operational. Voices disentangle and separate out as sounds to be distinguished from other more inconsequential background type sounds and more consequential internal sounds. The shush of nerves and salivary clicks and hush of rushing blood. The beeps and bleeps and electronic scrapes and high syncopated hissings. Something throbbing. Your attention is beginning, if only slightly, to be something you can move around at will. There must be some deep linguistic framework at play here, interred universal grammar being exposed like a stone through erosion. It is rudimentary. It is like you are plugging into something already there and humming along, vague meanings being sifted. The feeling here is more akin to reading a word in a sentence that you do not know but you can extrapolate the meaning of based on the context it is in. That is how this feels right here, but without the context of the surrounding sentence. It is almost a feeling of continually forgetting or nearly remembering. A fathomless terror that stems from a total dislocation from everything and everyone. You do not know anything yet, but you are finally realizing that there are things to know and not know. And you know that you don't know anything. Your ventral medial prefrontal cortex purrs like a machine. Canadian or a conservative or a morning person or a highly trained and sought-after scientist or that you had five siblings and only three of which were you in recent contact with. You do not know that you once loved bagels but hated cream cheese on bagels or that you once saved two people from an overturned truck on a highway outside of Indianapolis 
while dozens of others in other vehicles rubbernecked but did not help because they were too frightened and thought someone else more qualified would or should do something. But despite being really embarrassed to be getting out of your car while others watched on and yourself being no more qualified than those others and yet also being really fucking frightened yourself, you, you who you once were, were compelled to do something and you rushed over and you helped your fellow human beings from the wreckage. Or that those two fellow human beings you had once pulled from that burning, overturned car would lavish handwritten cards and small gifts upon you for years afterward. Or that you loved asparagus and the bodily outcome thereafter. Or that the particular type of science you studied was social science, and you were involved with a whole group of elite scientists on a project that you felt deep down in the very fibre of the marrow of your bones was going to make a difference in the world, and that is really all you wanted to do in life. Make a mark on this world, even a small mark, as long as you could point to it as your own small personal contribution, if only to the ones that say they are standing on the shoulders of giants. Or that those two fellow human beings you pulled from the burning car slowly stopped lavishing those handwritten cards and small gifts upon you as the years wore on and as they did you felt worse and worse inside in your quiet moments though you never admitted this out loud because that was a tangible signifier as to you being a good person and as it waned so did the feelings that you were. You do not know that you were once hailed as the top of your class in college for several successive years, or that your father died when you were ten, and that they both affected you in profound ways. Or that you recently had been feeling so empty inside, almost like a hole had opened up right through you, and you felt so alone in the world, and that you didn't know where to turn, and so you had gone against everything you believed, and sought out some form of spirituality, some form of togetherness. And there was a group you found through co-workers that seemed like they understood, that they actually totally understood. Or that you used to own a 1998 mid-sized Toyota 4Runner. Or that you used to have what some people would call dirty blonde hair, but now was different. Was something that you hadn't yet seen in a mirror or felt with this new hand, because you can't yet move. Or that you were not religious in any sense, but you would have considered yourself spiritual. Or that you loved Robert Ludlum novels and would go on at length about the latest one that you had read or make some deep reference to an older one. Or that you loved Danielle Steele novels and you felt like they spoke to you on a significant level, but held that very close to the chest and never once told anyone, not even those closest to you. Or that you were an Angelina Jolie action movie completist. Or that you had recently gotten even more involved with that spiritual organization you found through co-workers. That old, wizened Chinese man with the thin, wispy, flowing beard and the twitching dead eye implied might even possibly have ancient and or mystical associations. Or that there was anything once termed the Ashen Deer Clan. Or that you once had two children that you had not really seen much of since you began working for that company that you thought would better humanity and thus was worth it to leave your spouse and kids for a time and move into their city because god damn it you were going to make a real fucking difference in this world. You had yelled through squeezed teeth and why the fuck doesn't anybody understand this? Although there still is something termed the Ashen Deer Clan. Or that you famously used to throw up at the drop of a hat twice at your own wedding and four and three times at the births of each of your children respectively, to name a few more infamous occurrences. Or that you had recently...
recently been so distraught over issues of marital capacity that you actually wished with every fiber in your being through runnels of tears and pained, throbbing forehead arteries that seemed nearly cartoonish, though the situation was far from comical. And over several more scotches than anyone needs to consume, you would wish that you were someone else entirely. Or that you cried deeper than you had ever cried before, and when you did, you threw up multiple times, which made you cry even harder, and you felt it deeper down than your stomach even goes, somewhere south of the intestines. Or that this emotional sclerosis was directly responsible for your seeking of something more. That there must be more to it all than this, and you found first that corporation, then that spiritual organization right at the exact moment that you needed and they needed you. Or that a pericarp is the membranous exterior wall of a fruit, and to eat it you must bite through it. Or that you used to loathe pickles and olives and coffee, but when you finally are aware and walking around once again, you may or may not like those things. Or that Mushin means something like mind without mind and is a Zen state that martial artists are said to go into during battle. Or that another equally emotionally wrinkled human who you once knew by way of that religious sect you found through co-workers also had laid there on the ground, limp limbs askew, and that human had vomit all over themselves and the floor and some of it pulled and leaked over onto what is now considered your leg. something circumscribed, almost indented, there is a pressure. There is a weightful sagging and a heaviness, something soft being compressed between solids, one inside and the other out. Maybe there is even a platonic idealism here, maybe something warm. In what almost feels like a whirling around followed by a tight internal crackling of something that is yours and then a snapping or possibly a popping of something that is not and it is almost auditory and you feel like you have come to understand something new prophetic it's revelatory almost holy you now know what an arm is to some extent or rather you have a dislocated sense of an arm-like feeling it is weightless, without form. It could be insignificantly small like a quark or profoundly large like a multiverse. It is, in fact, like the way you have any knowledge of either a quark or the multiverse. Always only partial impressions being ever more filled in with information that you don't learn through your own direct observation. And the more you come to know about it, the larger and more complex and more difficult to understand it all becomes. But you must have faith in this feeling you are having right now in the same manner that you once did in physicists and astronomers and cosmologists. You have to have faith in this feeling like you once did in the scientific march of history 
and the scientific march itself, and like you once did in Aristotle's metaphysics and Louis Armstrong's rasping voice, and President Reagan and Oprah Winfrey, and the neoconservative movement, and like you did in your father, the rock of a man that he was, before he died when he would tell you something he would, by God, follow through. You have to have faith like you once did in that spiritual organization, to the extent that you did do anything of which they asked. Like you did in strong coffee and quantum gravity, and that the ground would be there each morning when you blearily blinked awake and put your feet down on it. Like you once did in the corporation you had been working for, and how when you first began and your future was bright, even while fraught with severe personal difficulty and panic attack-inducing anxiety that literally sent you to the emergency room on three separate occasions, and in how much faith you once had in the promise of a better tomorrow, about which you always thought to yourself, it has to be better than today, and you have to have faith like you once did in humanity itself. And when you come to comprehend that faith, then and only then can you have the knowledge that this right here, this perception, this agency, this is a thing to be wielded at will. At your will and with free will. As you lie here right this very moment, you must have faith that when what is now your mind decides to raise what is now your arm, you have to have faith that it will rise. The limbic areas in your breadbasket light up as you actually decide to raise your arm. Decide it and raise your arm up. There is something thermal here and top heavy, but you can't place it. It feels warm at first and slowly becomes slightly cooler and tingly and distinct as a thing. Distinct from what you are only now realizing is an inside and an outside. As porous as the boundary still seems, they do feel distinct now. Two sides of a line. Leave your arm up, reaching into or out of some type of space. The inner becoming the outer one distending into the other. There is something childish and scholastically reminiscent, something you connect to in a way that is impossible to describe but very easily felt. What seems like a fluttering and flapping cloth maybe, or blurry, rippling reflections in a wind-blown lake you half sense sitting in a classroom as a child. You actually remember this, and it feels like your own. You remember what it feels like to be there in that place at that time. Your parietal cortex warbles and murmurs as electrical signals cascade into a coherent sensation. And there is suddenly some area identifiable now as lower or down, which is distinct from that which is higher or up. Something tight, then loose. You are now not a brain in a vat. You think, therefore you are. 
if only primitively so. You are a brain in a body. You are a brain controlling a body. Blood shifts through vascular highways running in tangles through what is almost exactly an entity that is yours. It leaves areas in a way that feels landslide-like. A warm hum. if you are moving or just remembering what movement is. Sensations fumble through your consciousness like unobserved children at play. It's innocent yet grotesque and clumsy and irrational yet guiltless. It is primordial soup a slosh. It is primeval. It is reptilian. It is falling in a dream. It is utter blankness. It is three-second-old infant. It is complete amnesia. It is a millisecond before death. It is impossible for anyone else or anyone not in this very state right here that you are in. It is impossible to understand and you will never be able to explain. It is currently classified as a possible stage four stroke, though a highly unusual one for now but will eventually be amended in red ink on medical clipboarded charts attached to a metal bedside basket as a type of total retrograde amnesia stemming from a stage five aneurysm, but is neither of those. Embryonically floating in a tenebrous space, alone, but not knowing you are alone. It wasn't until your brain, the brain you exist in now, began connecting the axons and dendrites in meaningful ways that you were even able to feel the feeling of terror, which you feel, whether you can identify it as feeling or not. You can now, at this point, sense it's something fierce, and in places you cannot even tell are your own personal places. It's rolling up on you in sheets and becoming tornadic. External voices are literally beginning to make sense in some cock-eyed, labored manner, but only the tiniest fractional amount. Something with a decimal point followed by multiple zeros. Voices sort of wobbling in and out of intelligibility. It sounds like congregations of people talking, but with hands over their mouths, muffling their sounds. Then, with some intense mentally athletic focus that takes every fiber in this body, it sounds like a small side of the hand has been peeled back and what were muffled and swallowed throaties sounds previously become ever so slightly comprehensible, if still strained. But when you can pull yourself up out of the blankness and the tiniest amount of lucidity rings between your ears, you can very nearly feel chemicals surge into your sensory cortex 
and you experience a response that will someday be known as happiness or joy or something along those lines, but you right now have no cognizant referent for. Your ventral striatum are flood with prolactin and oxytocin. The terror melts into something pleasurable without you knowing what either is. This is literally like being an infant. The happy feeling is really more of a lack of the feeling of terror for the moment. Where that the absence of the one is the presence of the other. probing the quanta of language. From finding a thread and tugging on it in an attempt to unravel a ball of oblivion, from finding any purchase whatever. You are reaching out and grasping threads of thoughts as they skim by. But the threads more often than not just break off and you are left there with an isolated word, inspecting it, turning it over only to have it disintegrate. Sensations are elongating and becoming distinct, most of which are an unwelcome guest, a parasite to your host. As proprioception washes back in, so does pain and discomfort. It is the froth on the wave of consciousness. There are aches as atrophied muscles flirt with movement and phantom limb-type sensations echo down limbic corridors. There are dull pokes and sharp pinches and tight pressures and rolling agonies that are a whole new class of pain than anything you had ever previously experienced in either your old body or this new one, which strictly speaking you have no idea about. You had been totally paralyzed and have only started to have movements both voluntary and involuntary, and you have to learn to move your extremities and blink and swallow and even breathe all over again exactly like an infant.
The thread that you now inspect and turn over is the word breathing, and it feels a slight tinge of familiarity. Actually hold your hands up and look at the word. Hold your hands up in front of you right now and try to visualize that you're holding the thread of the word in your hands and think about its meaning. Roll it around and try to figure it out. How does it feel? You know that it means something internal and necessary and life-giving. There is maybe even something frolicsome to it. Breathe. Leave your hands up and breathe. You barely understand at all what it means. However, the following sensation you feel doesn't need to be understood. It is just a fact, and it is fucking world-changing. The very little that you know at this point has formed a sort of shallow comfort bubble around you. A pericarp that you live in and mold to. That you can move safely about within. It is your whole uterine world, and it shifts like the earth splitting apart. It is like being born. Everything you know is out the fucking window. There is a cramped pressure and a choked palpating, then a rush of something that is way more intimate than anything you've known thus far. Intimate on levels involving your whole body internally. Where before there was an airlessness associated with what you will later come to know as breathing, in all its essence there was now in the new cracked open world an airy, almost atmospheric sensation. It was broad and rich and thick. You only know it to be terrifying, though, because something changed so radically. However, over a period of time, you come to know this terrifying sensation as something normal. This will become baseline to experience of being a body, your body, your new body.
the ends of your temporal lobes twitch as warm electrical current dissipates throughout. Your parahippocampus alights as you think about your body and the space that your body is in. Machines buzz and click, giving voice to your brain state. You now recognize that you are a body and it occupies actual space. Where it ends and that which is not you begins. And while this vessel you are now in will be slightly familiar to you, it will be foreign from this new perspective, looking out from these eyes rather than into them. A lot of the occurrences over these next few days, even weeks, will have this same effect as you become ever more aware of yourself and your environment. You erect a pericarp around yourself, mentally speaking, within what you come to understand as normal. Then a trachea tube or a ventilator is removed or adjusted, and your membranous world rips to shreds like a peach being pulled apart as you are forced to contend with the new and terrifying sensation impinging upon your perception. And you will be a raw, exposed seed for a while, unaware that the sensation you had was something that could be had. Soon though, that new sensation too will be incorporated in what you know as existence, and a new and larger pericarp is grown that includes that as a sensation within it. This will continue throughout your new life as this new body. Learning, reading a book, experiencing transcendent art will replace the removal of a trachea tube but they serve the same function. Your world, ever shifting, ever growing, being ever tucked under your pericarp. You begin to see finally, and once you start to have vision, you start to come to know in some Cartesian sense that you are alive and a body in a world of bodies. You don't begin to see so much as you realize that your eyes have not necessarily been shut at all this whole time. You have had your eyes open some of the time, but that you just could not see did not know that you were seeing. Your visual cortex was not wired up tight yet, and therefore, even though visual information was being taken in ophthalmically, it was not being recorded psychically. It was an epistemologically blank slate upstairs until very recently. You were quite literally a tabula rasa, the axons and dendrites out in the cerebral cortex were only now beginning to connect and form chunks of usable space in each hemisphere of that fresh new brain. So it is not so much that you begin to see as it is that you begin to understand that you have been seeing possibly all along 
and that this particular sensation is what is called seeing or vision. Everything is blurry and depthless, however, veiled. Over time, space will gain depth and edges of objects defined. totally rewired itself from the cortical structure and dendrical mapping utilized by the previous owner of that body's brain. It is your very own brain and subsequent body. That previous inhabitor's synaptic connections between the billions of neurons once used in this brain right here degenerate slowly in response to the lack of use. Fades away like something forgotten until it disappears entirely, sunk below a dark ocean never to be dredged. As does your erstwhile brain and its synaptic connections in your antecedent body now laying somewhere very near you. Your own intentionality had begun rewiring that messy, wet map immediately upon your arrival in this new vessel electrochemically reconfiguring the structure itself. When it fires, and how. It takes months before it is wired enough under your control to function like an organ of your own, for you to be able to utilize it properly. To be able to breathe, to be able to see, to be able to hear and feel and think again to function as a human being ought. Every creature on Earth starts as a single cell that fibonacci divides, then divides, then divides. And the creatures with brains grow glial cells and connect synapses in unique ways to that specific creature. And as it grows, it learns to utilize that highly individualistic architecture. One creature's raising its leg will be mapped in its brain slightly differently than another. Not a single coated or robed individual standing around your two bodies on the floor had really seen this coming. This is a function called neural plasticity. The ability of a brain to rewire itself. Individual neurons respond to new experiences and either weaken with neglect or strengthen with reinforcement. devout women and men in white lab coats or ceremonial robes that gathered and watched and held hands and who had never witnessed the Mushin of the Ashen Deer Clan but only read relevant and holy writ doctrine and who had assumed that this exigent process if it worked at all would be clean and painless and quick and uncomplicated 
when in fact it was the exact opposite. When you switch bodies with the other willing member of the spiritual sect that was in fact an offshoot of the corporation you, the old you, once worked for, you both instantly had collapsed to the floor like marionettes whose strings had been cleaved because each brain structure was deeply ingrained and totally different and highly individualistic. Once you entered each other's bodies, there was no way to reach into that new brain and access anything even close to something operational. Not even in any simple way there wasn't. You lay in a completely embryonic state with the ancient deer hoof bisecting the distance with perfect symmetry between the new you and the former you, while congregants hummed fundamental tones nearing 80 hertz and swayed, hands clamped. Reports were that drool was the first sign something was amiss. The candlelight fashioned cast shadows into something complex and shifting upon the Esculapian walls. The humming slowly ceased one by one, and worry followed by panic spread like a wind blowing out each flame. Neither of the two of you laying there on the ground had any way to do even the most basic and unconscious bodily functions anymore. The ones with ceremonial robes demurred, and the ones with lab coats quickened. The holy quietude became chaotic. Internally, the psychic chaos that is being alive in a world full of human beings became a type of quietude that your body, whichever was yours now, had not known since it was inside another human body many, many years ago. There was a hushed placidness for an abbreviated moment when there was a simple, contextless nothing before the psychic and tornadic chaos of a mind at life swells in and consumes you. The you that you are now and forever will be.